0: Welcome once again to Hockey 24-7, brought to you by Raider Media. I'm Derek Alberts, always a, a great tune to start off the show, always a great guest to, to have on board and always a great co-host. I'm talking about none other than Tyron Jabu-Barnard. Tyron, how's it going?
1: Yeah, Derek, i uh, really stoked for the chat we're about to have. Um, a man who is all over the news right now and uh, it's exactly what we want, is hockey all over the news.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's the beauty of it. I, I'm actually looking at a sport24.co.za article uh, from a couple of days ago announcing the big news, which you actually instigated, if I'm not mistaken, because you are the official <laughs> press officer for everything that's hockey around South Africa, yeah. uh, officially and unofficially.
1: Yeah, I may or may not have written that press release, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously in the capacity on behalf of SA Hockey, so... It was really great to see, you know, I sent quite a lot of press releases out, but this one really gained some traction. I mean, we saw it on Super Sports, uh, we saw it on News 24, we've seen it in a couple of newspapers from uh, The Witness and uh, part of the IOL group. So it just shows you how, how many people are interested in hockey news, especially news of this nature.
0: Yeah, I saw it all over the place, and I'm not being biased, but uh, it was a very well-written article, too. Well done. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to read the article, but I will read the opening paragraph. The South African Hockey Association have today announced Gareth Ewing as the new head coach of the South African hockey men's side. So, the cat is out of the bag. Our guest today is none other than Gareth Ewing. Gareth, uh, great to have you on the show.
2: Thanks very much. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's less than a week into the role, I, I think. Um, how are you enjoying it so far?
2: <laughs> yeah, it, um, I think I think the first thing I, I'd like to say is it, it has been just under a week and it's been completely hectic um, from, from the point of view of all the people who contacted me just to say, well done and good luck. Um, I was absolutely blown away and it was such a compliment to, to receive so many messages and calls. Um, and then since then, it's been all work. Hey? We're just trying to get ready for our qualifier and uh, selecting a team and getting some, getting some uh, basics going. So it's been, it's been really, really busy.
0: We don't want you to give away any trade secrets or anything like that. But when you say uh, it's been all work already, I mean, geez, uh, you, you dived straight in. Uh, what has that entailed?
2: Well, we've, we've, the big priority has actually been to to select a squad. So, between between myself and and my selection panel, uh, it's been a lot of assessing of availability, and and making sure that that we can put together the best side we can. Um, I'm still basically working off last year's World Cup squad, and and it's important for us to make sure that um, that we're giving um, the right people the opportunity to play and making one or two adjustments from. From the World Cup and obviously there have been one or two uh, retirements since then as well which, which uh, opens opportunities for other people and um, yeah we're just waiting now for the team to be ratified so that we can announce it and really start planning.
1: Yeah I think uh, because it'll be out uh, by the time the podcast is released uh, later this week um, obviously Rhett Hulkett and Julian Hikes have formally announced their retirement so uh, it gives you a cool opportunity to, to give some other players an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you know,
2: Tyrone, you know, Julian, Julian called it a day at the end of the World Cup, Julian High, and, and Rhett announced his, his retirement, I think, um, very graciously and, and, and he's a good example, I think, of how to announce it with minimal fanfare, but allowing people to, to acknowledge his, his contribution over several years.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I think, you know, there was, uh, something that you said there about Rhett around years of dedication, uh, you know that's that's really been the the reaction to to your selection is how many guys are so happy that someone who's been committed to SA hockey for so long has been given the opportunity. I mean, you first had your international break back, I think, if I'm correct, two thousand and four, two thousand and five, somewhere around there.
2: Yeah, um, actually, yeah, I've been involved for quite a while. I think it is two thousand and four. Um, I I got. I got um a brief assignment as a video analyst for for Paul Revington and then later for for Greg Clark while they were coaching South Africa and South Africa A at the time and and I was able to 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 kind of get my first chance to to travel with the team and and spend a bit of time with some really good coaches and players and yeah I've been I've been coaching for a long time this is um I think it's year 25 of, of being an active coach. So I have kind of paid my dues and I think, I think that has actually been part of the positive response is people, people appreciate that, that, that I've stuck at it and that I've grown and learned and made plenty of mistakes and, and, and built up experience. And and I think people are reassured by the fact that you can commit to something and, and, and get to get an opportunity, you know, earn an opportunity. So I'm very grateful for the chance, and I've been very grateful for all the support I've received.
1: Yeah,
0: I do think, Garrett, that you're certainly underselling yourself when it comes to what you have managed to achieve in the sport, when it comes to not just coaching, but in other spheres. Uh, I mean, looking back, when you talk about the South African setup, uh, you mentioned the video analyst role, but uh, you've also been involved as a team manager, high-performance trainer, assistant coach, also head coach of the SA Under 21. So, I mean, it really was a, a natural progression to the top spot as far as coaching is concerned with the SMN side. Uh,
2: yes, it was. Um, I think, yeah, the, the, the management bit is, is, I think I was probably the worst manager that's ever, ever done the job. And fortunately it was for a very short period of time uh, for the sake of everybody involved. But um Yes, you know, those opportunities, you know, those, those chances that I've had and those, those jobs I've done over the years have, I think, helped me to learn a lot about what to expect and where to go. And um, it's been an ambition of mine, unashamedly, to, to have an opportunity like this and to, 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 to hopefully test myself and the team that I, I, I work with um, against the best sides in the world. And it's, it's something that I'm extremely excited about.
1: Yeah, and, and Springs. I mean, obviously, you and I have chatted a long time. I, it's it's something that I'm I'm glad to see you being given the opportunity. And in fact, I had a message from Mark Hopkins, the outgoing coach, whose response to the announcement was, "They couldn't have made a better decision."
2: Uh, yeah, that's it's it's quite a compliment. Um, I, I really enjoyed working with Mark last year, and and I learned a lot from him from a from a point of view of man management and 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 the tactical growth that the team went through last year and, I, and I, I can only hope that I can build on that. And, and I think I'd, it would be remiss of me not to acknowledge the, the time I spent with Fabian Gregory as well. I learned a huge amount from him and, and, and all the coaches that have, that have kind of come before, everything kind of gets laid on top of, of, of something else. And we can, we can only be where we are because other people have made contributions in the past. So I'm grateful for having spent the time with them. Uh, in many respects, it's easy to be an assistant coach because you don't have to worry about the whole picture. You you can focus on the small elements that uh, you're you're tasked with, uh, but you learn a lot by doing that as well. So, so I'm grateful for them and for their support over the years, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to moving the team uh, in, a, in a in a in a another direction, perhaps, but also just in terms of building on what's already been put in place.
0: Gareth, I heard a, a fantastic interview with. Um, Ian Chappell uh, a couple of days ago the former Australian cricketer and he was speaking about the time he was appointed captain of the Australian Test cricket team and he said when he was given the job he sat down and he wrote on a piece of paper the captains he had played under and, and he wrote down what he enjoyed most about each captain and and he tried to incorporate a little piece of each captain that he had played under into his own captaincy game. And I think for someone like you, you, you could certainly apply that to coaching. And especially with you, given your experience and given how many coaches you've been involved with, that, that could certainly apply.
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it does. Um, you know, all my experience, right going back to, to starting, starting the job as an under-14 coach, I've worked with great people and And I've worked with either really good administrators or really good really good head or assistant coaches and and everybody's has added something to to my knowledge and and something to, to the way I think about game, and that changes all the time and and i am I, I can kind of acknowledge you know quite a few different people. I don't want to name too many names because I'd hate to leave somebody out but yes every every experience and every interaction has led me to where I am today or so so i'm hoping that I can do them all justice because obviously it's never going to be an easy job to do in in SA, in sa hockey but i I hope that that they will they will see in me some of the contributions that they've made to my development over the years
1: yeah and I, and you've mentioned the word challenges uh you know for the benefit of everyone let's let's put it out there this is a voluntary position which in in really simplistic state of mind it's been for a long time charlie pereira fabian uh, mark hopkins yourself now so you know as far as that goes in all essence, sense it's a zero pay job apart from the lack of uh, money for you as the coach what what are the biggest challenges that you're going to face
2: so so i think obviously we we do understand it's it's um, an unpaid position which uh, is, is a difficult thing for a lot of people to get their heads around um, myself included but you know we're probably one of the last bastions of, of amateur sports in the world from that point of view um, but particularly people who aspire to compete at the level that South African hockey does um, you know the the most initial challenge and I need to be again say, say thank you to to the, the organizations that I work for uh, U- University of Johannesburg and St. John's College for for, for, you know, providing flexibility around being able to do this job too. Um, so that's, that's the, the first thing. And, and obviously to be able to juggle the rest of my life and pay the bills and support a family is something that's, that's obviously not easy to do. Um, other challenges at this stage, just in terms of, of finances, is, is that the players are currently, you know, needing to, to make a contribution which which we're hoping that that people are going to help us within the hockey community over the next month, um, and and we we have we have to understand that's a very difficult reality for a lot of these a lot of these guys. Um, the other issue being, of course, the distances that we need to cover. We've got a good core of the squad who are going to be travelling from Europe, and and that's going to be difficult um, in terms of logistics and costs, and then to get us together before we get there, and then just smaller things like like equipment and access to, to top quality equipment to train with um, and to, to use when we are together to help build up our technical skill. So there's obviously people who have been helping us and I want to thank one or two contributions. And and that's just the kind of thing that we have to deal with. You know, it's, it's also just not being able to train together, um, trusting guys to have to do their conditioning work in isolation from each other those are difficult things, and, and they, they do add up. Uh, and I think probably our biggest challenge for this this upcoming event is is actually time. You know, we're looking at a matter of weeks until until we need to compete to qualify for the Olympics, and and that's against teams who have all been competing already this year and who are very very focused on performance. So, you know, you add them all, add up all those challenges, and you you have quite a, a big chunk of of uh, things you have to deal with.
0: Gareth, I used a cricket story a little earlier. I'm just going to move over to rugby. And, and just going along with what you said, uh, a couple of days ago, we saw Paul Roos do incredibly well at the Sanex World Schools Tournament in Japan and they ended up winning the thing, and they they beat a New Zealand side in the final. They actually hammered them, St. Peter's College, 57-5, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 52-7. And what ended up happening was, obviously, it, it led to discussions regarding schoolboy rugby in South Africa and how strong it is. And then people started speaking about, um, what about an SA schools team? And 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 a lot of people said, no, uh, Paul Ruiz, would thrash an SA Schools team because they've been together for five, six years. Um, of course, we're not talking about that time frame, but as you said, the longer teams stay together, the better they play together. I mean, that just is common sense. And, yeah, you certainly are hamstrung with regards to how much time you have with the players when they get together. And, and you mentioned that the upcoming tournament in India. It can't be easy.
2: It's it's not easy, Um you know, there's a there's a real possibility that the first time all 18 players are actually together in the same room as when we arrive in India. Um, so, because people are going to be travelling from Europe to join us, and there's a cost implication to bringing everybody to Johannesburg first, which we're hoping we can address. So it does make life difficult. Um, the other thing, which which is really the biggest problem for us, is, is is training time together, but also competition time together. So many of our matches are at these major tournaments. And unfortunately, you don't learn how to compete when you are there in a position where you are being forced to, to, to go for a result. You need to learn to compete in other test series and other matches that get involved, that, that, get, that get organized around all of these other big events. So where other countries in the world are playing, you know, 30 to 45 test matches a year, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of averaging about 15 at the moment and most of those are in competition. So we don't get a chance to learn how to win um, and learn how to compete in games that have slightly lower consequences. So that's a big challenge and that's something that, that I'm really hoping over the next the next uh, four years that we can really address and, and, and change.
1: Yeah, and I was going to ask you, is that one of your big objectives over the next four years? Is that to, to get more Test Match hockey?
2: Tyrone, it, it, it really is. Um, we, we need to try and get ourselves up to kind of 35 or forty. How that's going to happen, what that's going to look like, uh, I'm still trying to get my head around that, but there's obviously a massive financial implication. We need to look at the quality of the, of the local teams that we can play against in terms of our immediate neighbours. Um, so we're already looking at arranging a series against Namibia right before we leave. And and I hope that that'll just kind of get the ball rolling in terms of some some good regional competition. But we need to test ourselves against the best in the world to get that right. We need to travel or we need to make South Africa, an attractive destination for them to come to us. That's happened in the past, and I'm hoping we can get back to that uh, in the very near future. I don't don't want to harp on about the finances, but all of these things do cost money, and we need to work out how we're going to fund these opportunities. It's a challenge for the men and the women, obviously, and and we've just got to keep plugging away at this and keep, keep getting people to understand how important any kind of support they can give us is going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. And, and I can imagine that an opportunity to take on Namibia, that will also come with costs of its own. Um, would that be in South Africa or, or away?
2: That That's going to be in Johannesburg. Um, we're looking currently the 27th, 28th and 30th of May. Uh, the women will be here at the same time and Namibia are actually covering their own costs. So that helps quite a lot. Uh, they're very keen to compete against us and And uh, we have a good relationship with them. So I'm hoping that that we can build on it and use it as a platform to attract some other teams to come down to us. But it's just going to be nice for us to spend time together as a team. Even if it's not the full team that's going to go to India, we can expose some of our reserve players. We can expose some of our under-21 players. and, And we can just get the ball rolling in terms of some training and some competition.
0: I can tell you what, Tyrone's breathing a sigh of relief because in another episode we're talking about an upcoming tournament uh, over in Durban. Feature it's uh, women's indoor and it's uh, featuring Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Botswana. And uh, Tyron mistakenly said Namibia, so now he can actually say Namibia will be involved in hockey in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so, uh, so that's going to be a, a fantastic series to look forward to. I mean, obviously, just a, a friendly, but um, still, it will be great for both the players and spectators alike.
2: Absolutely. Um... You know, there, there may or may not be a technical and tactical gap between ourselves and Namibia, but they are really developing their hockey. Uh, they've got a particularly young group of players who 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 are going to ask us a, a few questions. And 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 either way, it's just important to get out together and play. And I think it will be entertaining. It'll be a chance for for local supporters to to see us in action, and hopefully to wish us well before we go on to a really big challenge.
1: And talking of that challenge, obviously. As at uh, the date that we're recording this, there has no, there's no formal um, co- communication with Saskoc. Um What's the word I'm looking at? Confirmation. <laughs> there's no formal confirmation from Sascock at this point on what the qualifying criteria is. There have been discussions, but it hasn't been uh, openly communicated yet if they've reached a, a, a conclusion. What are you and the team, or what do you... What is your objective for when we go to India?
2: So so the communication that we have had officially or unofficially is that that we need to aspire for second place in um, Bourboneshwa. So that will be our first step in terms of ticking a box towards towards qualification. Obviously, then we add that to to winning Africa Cup. and, And then we can be confident of being given the opportunity to go to Tokyo. So, so that's what we're looking to go and do there. Um, we are in the same pool as Japan, and and then India is obviously the other big opponent, not that we're discounting any of the other nations. So we need to try to, 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 to do well enough that we can be in the final of the tournament and then take it as it comes in that final day, and then hopefully go on and qualify through this world level um, further down the line but at least tick that first box and then see what happens after that.
1: Yeah, so just for the listeners, South Africa play uh, United States of America on the 6th of June. On the 8th of June, we play Japan. And on the 10th of June, we play Mexico. Yes, that's right. And then the way it works, uh, if we finish top, we go straight to the semifinals. If we finish second or third, we have to play an extra round of crossovers where we could play a potential Poland or Russia. Um, And obviously... That would give us the draw that would line up with an India semi-final, which is probably the one game we'd really like to avoid.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, you obviously make the assumption that that India are going to finish top of that pool, and and that means that we are going to be looking at finishing first or or third in our pool. So, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, you know, Japan are extremely well organised. They they play a, an immense number of games in in the year, and obviously they are. The, the Olympic hosts, um, then obviously you've got the USA men who, who are almost a centralized program because they do spend a lot of time together and, and Mexico very much an, an unknown quantity. So, you know, we're just going to take it game by game. We're going to do, and I, I hate to say going to do our best, but that's exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to get out there and, and look to be competitive in every match and then and then see where we are after the end of the pool games.
0: Gareth, uh, I mentioned your various roles that you served within the SA Hockey setup uh, over the, the, the years. And, I mean, that would certainly put you in good stead for the role as head coach. I mean, that goes without saying. Uh, y- you could say um, jack of all trades and, and maybe master of one. Uh, you'd like to maybe say uh, give yourself that title. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm interested more about the video analyst role because I remember chatting to a couple of sports people and when they became coaches of provincial sides national sides they had never sat behind a video screen a, a lot of them and they said it opened their eyes tenfold when they did when they sat down with the video analyst and and, and I think that is an extra it, it's an extra facet to to coaching which people don't necessarily appreciate and and given the fact that you serve that role to such an extent um yeah it, it would surely put you in a very very comfortable position within that area?
2: No I think it does. Um, you know one of the one of the things is actually just to be able to handle the software and, and understand its capability. Um, you know there, there's there's so much that you can do and and you, there's so much information you can gather and process through through most of these analysis programs. so so I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable sitting on a laptop and working out what I need to do and what I need to look at. Um, the other thing, of course, is that it comes back to resources in terms of making sure you have personnel who can, who can help you with the job. Um, you've got to gather your information. You've got to capture your footage and code your footage. And, and that, that, that is time-consuming and, and, and quite specialized. So, so that's another area that we always are playing, playing a little bit of catch-up with, with the, the top-performing nations in the world. So, it, But it is something that I actually enjoy doing um, and, and then trying to process the right information to give to the players. So you, you start off with an immense amount of, of data and you need to narrow it down to what's most accessible and most important for, for your team talk and for your tactical preparation. Um, there's always the process of gathering, gathering data and footage before you get to a tournament. But once you're there, the, 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 the games that you film and code while you're there are actually the ones that become the most important because they're the most current things change very quickly in hockey and and you need to make sure that what you have is actually worth watching, worth using.
1: And with that in mind, have you, uh, whether you can share this yet, have you got a video analyst in mind for India?
2: Yeah, um, it looks like Devin van der Merwe is coming with us. Oh, so i uh, I've worked with him in the under twenty ones and and he's a really good guy because he brings so much to to the on field training uh in your preparation phase and and he's a really hard working guy who who loves the video so i'm i'm really excited that he's going to be with us
1: yeah fantastic i think devin is uh uh probably one of the two front runners for the s a under twenty one job and uh we won't ask your opinion on that at this point um but uh yeah fantastic fantastic guy for the for the game of hockey in the country. Springs, uh, what's currently on the go in South Africa is also the varsity cup. Obviously this year it is the, the women's turn. Now you yourself uh, are a varsity cup winning coach. What do you think of the, the platform as an opportunity for young athletes to, to a get noticed and be uh, play in a bit of a high pressured situation?
2: So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the the opportunity to 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 play some high level, high intensity competition, and you can see that in the girls' tournament this year as well. Um, I I do believe that anything that gives players a, a high profile exposure puts them under a little bit more pressure in terms of being on TV, all the music, all the noise, um, all the all the bright lights and stuff. That it's actually quite important to learn to play in that environment because. It changes the way you perceive the game and perceive yourself, and it, it just layers pressure because of because of all the extra difficulties that you're going to face. You know, you're no longer just pitching to play your game, which starts at half past two, because you know, for example, because now the TV says now we need to start it at two thirty-two. You know, so you've got to really be a little bit flexible, and and that's quite important. So. There's definitely, a, a, for me, varsity, varsity sports is a development phase and it, it really does help the development of the young elite athletes. Um, the format is something I, I, will, I will, I'm not sure about all the power plays and all the double goals and all those things. I think they detract from the quality of hockey. But I suppose you could argue that it makes you think about tactics and and match situations in a different way. And I guess that could be seen as a good thing. Um, overall, you know, anything that, that raises the profile of hockey, so famous, the same as the you know the Elite Club Challenge, these are things we need to embrace in our market.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was going to lead to this one next. Then, um, of all the tournaments that you've been involved in within the South African hockey uh, uh, calendar, is there any one that you're especially fond of?
2: Are you are you talking locally?
1: Yeah, locally. Any anything from USA to PHL to RPT. Is there any one tournament that just you know that was the tournament that you really just enjoyed the most as a coach or involved in any way?
2: So look, I, I've been quite lucky. I, I guess I'm quite an old man in terms of all the tournaments I've been on. Um, I, I really, I really am fond of the USA tournaments. Um, really pure form of hockey. A really a really tough, no, no opportunity to make any mistakes environment, and also just the vibe of having having students and young people around and, and competing against each other is really exciting. the The same applies for me with with the under twenty one tournaments. I just think you see some really pure hockey, and 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 you see people who are just so excited. and And you know, older players sometimes get a little bit cynical, and, and their lives are different, and they don't have all their all the time they would like to train. Whereas the youngsters just get stuck in and enjoy themselves, and for me, those have always been the tournaments that, you know, I've I've grown up in and I've I've learned a lot in, and I can still appreciate the the spirit and the energy that goes into those tournaments.
1: Fantastic! I think, you know, that's something that's uh, echoed by many many players. Uh, You know, we don't always chat to coaches as much, but the uh, USA tournament is is definitely a a standout, Um, and I, I know one or two guys who. Who would like to have stayed at university even longer to have played a bit more, <laughs> um, Gareth? You obviously your nickname is Springs. Um, where does that come from?
2: <laughs> Can't believe you're asking me this question. <laughs> um, it comes from high school. Um, perhaps it was a, it was an event. It was something that took place at Springs Boys High School. We're talking now, pushing thirty years ago. Um, I, I basically I basically made a bit of a fool of myself on the hockey field and, and contributed to a loss that uh, a long bus ride home cemented as my nickname from between there and, and back to Randburg. So it was something that's just kind of stuck with me. I guess perhaps I, I'm a bit funny looking. I run, I'm tall and I'm skinny and I run funny when I used to play the game and it's kind of just stuck. And, um, yeah, I I kind of just live with it now. When I do want to try and be formal and call myself Gareth, most often people still revert to the nickname. So I I just live with it these days.
0: Yeah, we're not going to leave it at that, though. You're going to have to embellish somewhat. You said you you made a bit of a fool of yourself on the field. Uh, What exactly did that entail?
2: Uh, Well, (laughs) the Mighty Rand Park High School versus the, the Mighty Springs Boys High School on grass, at Springs Boys High, um, I was the center back taking all the all the 16-yard the hits as it was in those days. And um, we were actually up in the game and then I, I, managed to, I managed to hit one straight to their center forward, which then led to a goal. And then not two minutes later, I managed to do a, a rather ungainly tackle in the circle, which ended up on the back stick, which led to a P flick and we ended up losing the game. Uh, so, yeah, I'd obviously, I was obviously in the payment of Springs Boys High, and, uh, yeah, as I said, an hour later on the bus, that was, that was my next name for life. It's
1: incredible how these names stick. I mean, and at least uh, yours is not as embarrassing as Derek's. He gets called pretty pony by most of the guys. <laughs> I
0: think I think not a day goes by where I don't get a new nickname added to my arsenal. It's depending on the day of the week uh, what, what, what you're dealing with. Uh, th- th- not a day goes by where I don't do something embarrassing just in life. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Gareth, are you as far as your coaching is concerned? Um, are
2: you are you much of a talker? Ah.
1: Uh-
2: I, I am, I guess. Uh, I think, I think there's, there's an element of every coach in the world who likes the sound of his own voice. Um, I've actually I've actually talked so much in the last week uh, just engaging with people who, who want to come and have a chat about hockey. And I, and I guess that's one of the things about hockey people is that they do like to talk about their sport. Um, so I, I'm quite comfortable with that. I, I wouldn't say I'm the most outgoing guy in the world. But when it gets down to, to communicating with a team, communicating in an environment where you've got to give that information, I'm very comfortable with it and, and I get quite clear in my thought processes. So I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I'm quite happy having a chat to, to groups of people. And, and I guess it just comes with the territory. You kind of learn it over the years, you know?
0: I obviously win a new coach comes into the fold in in any sport or any environment. Uh, Winds of change certainly sweep through with regards to their new ideas, their new philosophies, etc. And one thing that's proved extremely popular over in the Springbok camp, and again I'm using another sport as an example, I don't mean to belittle hockey whatsoever, but of course we've seen Um, other things that work and 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 we we look at the the handing out of the springbok jerseys uh, prior to test matches where they get former players or or, or well-known representatives that that have been involved in in rugby back in the day and and i wonder to myself i mean and, and i'm by no means trying to Give you advice or anything, but he, he's a personal friend of mine, and I know that he spends most of his time in India, actually more so than South Africa these days. Is one John T. Rhodes, and I, I wonder if it wouldn't be a bad idea getting him to come and and watch a game or two when, when you guys are over there.
2: I tell you what, that would that would be so so amazing. Um, you know, I I remember watching John T. play for, for, for KZN on the on the at the Astro at and being an absolutely phenomenal hockey player and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that he, he he would have played many, many cap many test matches for South Africa if he'd if he'd chosen hockey, but you can hardly blame him for choosing cricket at that stage of, of South Africa's sporting history. Um so yeah, if you can put us together that would actually be really, really cool to, to try and get right.
0: Yeah, I'll do so with pleasure. I'll send, him, uh, I'll send you his number as soon as this podcast done. But, but yeah, he's a massive lover of, rugby, uh, of, of hockey. And I remember chatting to him a, a couple of months ago, and he played schoolboy cricket with uh, one Hansi Kronier. And going into the, the match, um, he still thought to himself, wow, there's no doubt that I'll be the fittest guy in the squad, given the fact that I play hockey as well. And he said he was almost the fittest but for one Hansi Kroenje. And um, Hansi kept him on pace non-stop. But I think in the end, uh, Jonti just edged him. And, and he said it was courtesy of his background when it came to the hockey field.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I think the hockey players, we do have a little bit of a, a social culture as well. But the guys, the, the level of intensity of the game is actually only increasing in terms of its physicality. And if, you know, if you've know, been watching some of the pro league stuff on on. On YouTube and on TV, it's just absolutely unbelievable how hard and how long hockey players are running these days. And it's something that, that we as a, as a nation have to get better at. Um, it's a controllable and it's something that, that we're going to be paying a lot of attention to over the next few months.
1: Yeah, look, and we, we're excited to see that progress. Um, a couple of episodes back, we had Marcel Keaton. And she was telling us about her recent trip to Hong Kong with Euro Sports, and of course, you're you're quite involved in that, Gareth. So, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, what a great opportunity for you to just share a little bit about what uh, Euro Sports is about. Yeah, thanks. It's
2: it's a really interesting, um, you know, initiative that that myself and Russi and our, our partner Ainsley from the USA are, are involved with, and it's just basically a networking opportunity for people. Um, of all all abilities and all all hockey standards to 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 connect with people overseas and and locally and and to to find an environment where they would like to best play their hockey. So it's not just a semi-professional environment for those players who want to go overseas and, and earn a bit of money and, and play in the big leagues, but also for people who just want to grow their hockey networks. So it, it's it's um, international and it's local in terms of the local universities a way for them to, to access players that they may not normally see. And and then from the point of view of those people who want to go and play overseas, is just putting clubs in touch with athletes and, and giving them the opportunity to go and travel and gain life experiences and work in a different place and, and hopefully just, just grow their hockey networks. So I guess you could call it a little bit like LinkedIn. Uh, everybody has a profile and, and you, you put it together and you you pay a subscription if you want the higher level um, access, and and you you find a club, or we help you find a club, or find a university, and you and you get an opportunity to do something in a different place, something that you love in a different place. So, yeah, you know, Sport's really exciting. It's something I'm happy to be involved with, and it's growing slowly across the country.
1: And where where would our listeners be able to find out more information?
2: Uh, best thing to do is 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 keep an eye on social media. Just you can search for Euro. On um, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, and you can also search on the internet and you can set up a profile and look at the website if you'd like to.
0: Just on that subject, Gareth, speaking about uh, listeners being able to get hold of someone, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, and it goes without saying, that you can't do anything without the help of finances, and, and hockey is in that perilous position where they are desperately need in need of finances. Now, um, I can imagine a, a lot of people, they listen to, to podcasts like this, and they know that the money is needed, but they think, ah, uh, it's just going to be so much red tape in, in order to, to be able to contribute something. How, how would, I mean, you're chatting to one of the highest names in hockey in South Africa right now. How would someone go about being able to contribute? I mean, what would be the first port of call?
2: Well, there's a couple. I mean, the first one is you could actually contact me directly and I can put you in touch with the right people. Or we can engage with how you'd like to get yourself involved and how what level of support you'd be able to give do is you can pick up the phone to Saha or pop them an email see what's available and we do have a commercial partner at the moment frontier sport who, who are involved in, in particularly the bigger the bigger levels of, of sponsorship um, for me it's about just the hockey community starting to engage with with South African hockey again because we actually need we need that the most we need the, the family environment and the, the, the family sport that hockey is um, we need your support and it may be in kind it may be small financial donations, it may be large financial donations or sponsorships, commercial arrangements. So between, between those three channels, those are the best. I think, honestly, right now, just don't hesitate, don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media or, or email and we can see what we can put together.
0: Okay, fantastic. If you can just give uh, your details with regards to social media and email, don't give out your number, but uh, guys can also contact us uh, and we'll certainly send it out.
2: Cool. Um, can I give it to you at the end? Yeah, I need to actually think about what it is. Yeah. Okay, no worries. Uh, we, we'll get to that after
0: this question. A bit of light-hearted stuff now. We've we've done with the serious stuff, and as we close out, uh, I'm sure you've heard a previous podcasts, but we've got the famous one question quiz. It's exactly that a quiz that entails one okay. question, um, but the question's are a little hard, and it's usually not okay. directly linked to hockey. Um, but more directly linked to the guest of honor. In this case, it's you. Um, all I want to know is from you, Gareth, uh, who shot J.R. Ewing?
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to say Sue Ellen, but it's not Sue Ellen.
0: <laughs> it was not Sue Ellen, no. It was uh, Kristen Shepherd. She was uh, the sister-in-law
2: and mistress of
0: J.R. Ewing. Of course, we get the link, Um, I'm not going to spell it out to the (laughs) listeners, Uh, they haven't got it. No, listen, I've lived
2: with that that my whole life as well, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
0: man, Gareth, it's been fantastic chatting to you, and and once again, congratulations on getting the job, it's a magnificent uh, feather in your cap, but as we mentioned earlier, you certainly have earned the Spurs, so it's by no means a fluke that you are in the position that you're in right now.
2: Thank you. I mean, it, it's a great privilege. It, it's an opportunity that I, I'm going to embrace, and, and I really, really can't wait to get going with the team.
1: Yeah, Gareth, and uh, we will be here right along the way telling the story, and uh, you and uh, your team have an open-door policy. Uh, you guys want to come on, chat about anything, we're happy to, to host that.
2: Thank you. That, that's a really awesome opportunity, and we'll definitely take advantage of that.
0: Brilliant. Uh, can you remember the the social media details or the contact details if people want to get hold of you? Yeah, uh, you
2: can. Should I give you your email address? Yeah, go for it. Okay, you can contact me by email at springse26 at yahoo.com. Lovely. e
0: 26 at yahoo.com.
2: Yeah, that's right. And then, if you want to look me up on on, uh, on social media, I think it's uh, Spring Dog on Instagram. And uh, if you do a search for Gareth Ewing with two R's on, on Twitter and Facebook, you'll find me.
0: Lovely. So one of the five people on earth that still uses a Yahoo mailing address is uh, Gareth Ewing. So that's uh, great year as well. <laughs> Gareth, it's been great <laughs> chatting to you. Listen, uh, best of luck for the future. And uh, yeah, enjoy that series against Namibia. We Holding thumbs that it it does take place. Uh, It sounds as if it it Sydney is on the go. And uh, yeah, and uh, safe travels to India. And I'll put you in touch with Mr. Rhodes uh, to hopefully to see if he he can come in and catch a few games.
2: Guys, thanks. It'll be really amazing. And and thank you so much for the chat. It's been loads of fun.
0: Lovely stuff. Cheers, Gareth.
1: Cheers, Guy.
2: Cheers, guys.
0: Bye. Wow, what a man. Jeez, I think SA Hockey Sydney is in good hands.
1: They are, and I think uh, he knows what the challenge is. He put his name forward. He's been involved. So, you know, to have people that committed to, to growing the sport and working with it uh, can only be good things that come.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, and, and I like the fact that, I know we hopped on about it, but he has served so many roles in the SA hockey stratosphere. I mean, over 20 years doing various roles. Um, yeah, it, it can only do you, put you in good stead.
1: Yeah, it just it just so I think it sends the right message out there that everyone involved, everyone who's plugging away, you know, SA Hockey sees you, and there is a place for you. you now we don't we don't necessarily have the money to go hire the, the most expensive coaches around the world, the Max Culdeses, and and so, but we have people who are passionate about the game and passionate about this country, and uh, if you mix those two together in the right uh, formula. You're gonna have great answers.
0: Another great formula is passionate people with money. So if there are yeah. passionate people out there, you heard Gareth, uh, hockey in South Africa across the board is in desperate need of funding. If you are able to provide anything, um, yeah, you heard his details. You can contact him uh, or you can contact us. I'm on Twitter at Derek Alberts. one Tyron's on
1: at Tyron Barnard.
0: Yeah, and uh, or you can catch us on Facebook. It's uh, Hockey 24-7 brought to you by Raider Media. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers, Siren. Next week. Yeah, we can't wait. Ciao.